0: Bet365 sponsors Stahlkast and with over 45 million members they're the world's favourite online betting company. Did you know you can create personalised bets? So if you fancy a triumphant week for Bayern, Dortmund and Leipzig in the Champions League Bet365's Bet Builder lets you create personalised bets and calculate the odds for any football match. Right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only? Please gamble responsibly we love goals 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 we do adore Levy and Werner keep putting numbers on the paper and Haaland too gets his tour hi I'm Raphael Honigstein and on today's Strykast brought to you by The Athletic we will discuss the return of Kinkai Kai Havertz take a look at the sorry end of Klinsmania in Berlin and check out the latest ins and outs at Bayern with two special guests but first a warm welcome to our very special regular guest christoph biermann from elf freunde hello hello great to have you back christoph you went to see Bayer Leverkusen play and win at union berlin how was it
1: it was a great match to watch. First surprise is how how well uh, Union Berlin played. I mean, they, they have a bit of the image of being the over-pragmatic team in the Bundesliga, playing a lot with long balls. But over the season, they have developed their uh, footballing abilities. And so it was really interesting to see how good they played against Bayer Leverkusen. But in the end, uh, they they lost uh, 3-2 also because of uh, some individual errors, especially in the last minute. And the last minute at that time was uh, a minute 97 when Rafa Gikevic, the goalkeeper, it was a kind of own goal um, from a... Impossible angle, a shot by Belaraby that probably would have been uh, going parallel to the um, uh, to the goal line, but uh, he uh, Gikovitz uh, pushed it in. So um, a very unlucky defeat for Union Berlin, a lucky win for uh, Bayer Leverkusen. But as you said, it was a bit also of the return of Kai Havertz because I mean it's a it's it's so much fun to watch him. Tell us about it. People who are probably not to uh, don't know too much about uh, Kai Havertz because he is already now not not uh, the international superstar but he is one of the most elegant players uh, very calm on the ball with um, great vision with great skill with Speed and and also he has some aura about him, so he is a a, a world class player in making that I I would say.
0: And he's playing in a in a Leverkusen side that uh, is still <laughs> unstable, I think, in many ways. But at least. Has found ways of winning recently, winning tight games.
1: Yeah, and and and, and winning them late. Um, so, I, as I said in in, uh, in Berlin, it was uh, uh, minute ninety seven. So there was some interruption because of um, because the uh, away supporters uh, started some. Uh, uh, pyrotechnics and and so the match had uh, to been stopped uh, two times and they were also winning late against um, Borussia Dortmund the, the week before. Right now Bayer Leverkusen looks much more stable than they did in the uh, first half of the season where they had a lot of ups and downs. There were weeks or uh, some weeks um, uh, in a row where they looked very, very strong and then they lost it for for a certain time. And they are not contenders, serious contenders for the title, in my opinion, but they have a great chance to qualify for the Champions League again.
0: Yeah, I agree as well. They're putting certainly lots of pressure on the, on the top four. But Gladbach themselves had a good game, won at Düsseldorf. But as far as serious title contenders are concerned, can we put Dortmund in that bracket again? I mean, it was one of those results, four nil at Eintracht, where you're thinking, "Wow, this team! Why, why shouldn't they win the title? Or is it well, was it just another one of those falls down to be to disabuse ourselves from this notion when they crash to a I don't know. 5-6 home defeat against Paris Saint-Germain <laughs> on
1: Tuesday? <laughs> I think nobody knows and not even themselves. I, I think they were, were pretty happy about the nil in 4 nil. Not only scoring uh, goals and, and they had some more chances to score but almost allowing Eintracht Frankfurt nothing. I saw, saw an expected goals um, uh, thing for Eintracht Frankfurt and they had uh, 0.03 expected goals and that is like uh, uh, probably they shot from uh, uh, 20 meters once or so and that was so that it was a good defensive performance and I think everybody at, at Borussia Dortmund was especially happy about that Emma Chan uh, looked like to, uh, um, being a stabilizing factor and uh, yeah but uh, <laughs> so it's Borussia Dortmund and so we don't know
0: <laughs> Well, we, when will we know I mean surely there must be some way of gauging their true potential? Or is the fact that they have this
1: inconsistency the the real truth here? Maybe it's a real truth, but maybe they're getting their things together. And maybe Emre Can can be the decisive factor here. But it's Especially the defensive side uh, of Borussia Dortmund is working in progress. And uh, we had uh, several situations during the season where, they, where we thought that the progress had been made and in the end it hadn't been made. And so I, I would be very l- reluctant to say uh, now they um, they found the way to, to get their things together uh, defensively.
0: Okay, we'll, we'll certainly know a lot more one way or the other after their game against uh, PSG on Tuesday. But what will we know about RB Leipzig? They had a very solid performance against, admittedly, a very poor Werder Bremen.
1: They are uh, pretty stable. I mean, they came back with, the, with a draw from from Munich. I, I think that was very important for them, that they could survive uh, such a big match away from, from their own stadium. We have this German word Arbeitssieg. How would you translate it? It's, it's a laboured win. A laboured win, exactly, and and so Nagelsmann had the opportunity to uh, take out some key players to to give them a, a bit of rest, and uh, so this kind of match, the opponent was not uh, forcing them to 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 show everything. So I, I think a match where we can't. See too much about uh, out of it uh, uh, apart from pretty okay right now.
0: And what's your feeling for the game against Spurs?
1: Interesting in in, in a way because what what we already discussed in the um, in recent weeks is it's a very young team. It's a team that doesn't have this kind of experience for 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 big matches or or not too much experience for this kind of big match. And maybe the perspective in England on Spurs is a bit different, but. And um, for I think for Leipzig is like wow we're going to London we're playing Spurs in this fantastic new stadium and, and so on and so on and I think it's it's, it's not if Bayern or or Borussia Dortmund would go there it would be a kind of yeah that's what what's part of our lives but for. RB Leipzig it's something new to 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 be on that on that level and so I, I my prediction would be that they uh, that will they will show uh, uh, will have a good performance but um, I'm, I'm not too sure about it because with these teams you you can, can also there's also always a chance that they are um, overwhelmed by the by the situation
0: well Köln was certainly overwhelmed by Bayern <laughs> uh, in the first uh, few minutes uh win uh, for Bayern but they have this weird tendency in recent games to not play in the second half. What's going on there?
1: You yeah, think? Well, but turn it round. I mean, they—they, they, um, I, I would call it. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't sound too militaristic, but it's—they it, have their new shock, shock and awe tactic. Um, so they—they they come in with full force. They did it at Mainz already two weeks ago, where three nil up after I think twenty six minutes. Now they were three nil up after fifteen or sixteen minutes, and then they twelve. Uh, 12, oh, sorry, uh, and then they go back to their chaise uh, longue or to their hammocks, and and uh, and also we, we, we discussed it last week um, where, where where Bayern had a very strong start of of uh, the game against a Leipzig I think they with the same shock and awe approach that uh, that didn't work because they uh, didn't make use uh, uh, out of their goal chances so so I I think we we're not already here to 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 see a pattern that uh, they are bad in the second half I mean if you if you're three nil up uh, uh, after uh, sh- after such a short time, I think it's pretty natural to think oh we have to we have many important games coming up, and uh, we don't put in the full effort uh, for the rest of the game
0: I mean Manuel Neues, he, uh, was not happy uh, he said we could have scored ten goals, but we also could have conceded five or six um, yeah that's a bit strange for Bayern
1: I think we should uh, watch it closely in in, in in the next weeks but but I think uh, the match against Cologne is, is, and also the match away at Mainz uh, they are not uh, not good examples I, as he said they had so many chances they could be, could have been 6-0 up at half time or a 7-0 up at half time and, and I think it's only too natural to relax a bit and it's also natural for goalkeeper to complain about it uh, because because you don't want the, the opposing strikers to have so many chances.
0: Okay, that's enough about football. Let's talk about Hertha Berlin instead. The grand old dame went full on gangster granny last week, stealing all the headlines thanks to Jürgen Klinsmann's self-defenestration. To make sense of it all, we've invited Mark Schwitzky to the pod, the man from HerthaBase.de, who is also, we learned on German TV on Sunday, a closet Gladbach supporter. Mark, <laughs> I detected plenty of anger in the blocks he wrote following Klinsman's abrupt exit on Tuesday. Would it be right to say you felt personally disappointed that you had allowed yourself to believe in him in the first place?
2: You could say that, yeah. Um, we all were pretty shocked um, because nobody could think of that. Because uh, Of course, the last matches weren't uh, that great, but... We didn't think of him leaving the club, especially after his great speeches about the bright future of Hertha BC and all the investments we took in the winter. So we spent uh, more than 70 million in the winter, more than any club in the world for new players. And so it was pretty astonishing that he left the club after five games in 2020.
1: I've been speaking to how how you say that a major figure in German football who doesn't want it to be quoted. And he he was saying, and I found that very interesting about Jürgen Klinsmann. He was saying, listen, you have to understand that Jürgen is a dreamer. So I I found that an interesting perspective. He was like, I think he was in a way shocked or overwhelmed by the kind of hard work he had in front of him. And uh, I don't know what you think about it, Mark, but it was like, uh, you talk a bit of uh, a lot about becoming a big city club and invest a lot and then you face the reality of uh, last week's home defeat against Mainz 05 and you think, oh where I, am I here? Is that something that you also seen that uh, Jürgen Klinsmann was in kind of a back from dreamland at that time?
2: It was reported that uh, even in the winter camp in Florida, he's wanted to leave the club, uh, maybe because the club didn't uh, wanted to give him the capabilities to do his job in his perspective. So um, he wanted to gain a lot of power in uh, for the next summer in the next years becoming sort of a team manager as he call it so more of the british way of a, a team manager he was cho- shocked by the um, yeah, daily work of a bundesliga club um, i mean you you know his uh, you know his time uh, at bayern munich um, this time also wasn't pretty successful so Maybe he's not the kind of coach who can uh, train a Bundesliga team or a a regular club day by day.
0: Well, according to Kicker, he tried to play Football Manager 2013 mode, (laughs) uh, trying to sign Mesut Özil and Lukas Podolski. Aren't you just a little bit sad that uh, Michael Pretz wouldn't let him? (laughs) <laughs>
2: uh, well, I mean, I, I was born in 1995, so players like uh, Lukas Podolski and Mesut Ozil are sort of heroes from my childhood, but nonetheless, I didn't think <laughs> these kind of deals would have helped uh, Hertha. I mean, there are also pretty great names discussed, like Mario Götze or Julian Drexler in the in the last winter, but the real transfers uh, Hertha achieved with Pionte, Cunha, Askar Sibar and Toussaint for them. Next summer, next Samathusa were more like original pretz transfers and
1: uh... what I found interesting uh, about what, what Mark was saying um, is uh, he, he, he was remembering us that um, actually Jürgen Klinsmann was saying to the club please hand me the keys for everything please make me the uh, most important person in the club and that I, I think that's um, really um really crazy to ask in a, um uh, because he was he, he what he was actually saying is michael prates give me your job and uh and it was uh, very obvious that um hertha only could refuse to do so and and the whole situation after the Mainz game and also the surprise remembered me uh, of what happened um, at uh, Bayern Munich when when he was under threat being fired he um, what I've been told asked uh, the week before he was sacked he asked for a pay rise and I think he was. Um, what he was uh, wanting uh, at Hertha and also so a similar pattern, I would say, at Bayern before is um, support me, support me, support me, and tell me that I'm I'm the the number one and um, and uh, yeah and uh, so so pretty obviously uh, uh, Hertha could o- only refuse to do so and and the, and also it tells a lot about the personality of Klinsmann. Yeah,
2: of course, Jurgen Klinsmann is a big name. Uh, I mean, internationally, uh, because of his great career as a player. But I think he overestimates his role and his quality... Um, Of course, the time he uh, spent as a coach at Hertha was good or appropriate for the situation Hertha was in. But as he took over as a coach, Hertha already told him, Jürgen, it's just for this season and next summer we will evaluate our situation again and then decide which way we want to go. And he agreed to that and he publicly said that it's an honor for him to help the club in this situation. And then it's pretty strange and obscure that he would leave the club um, so in- instantaneously after he was told that Herta didn't want him to give this kind of power in the club and also you mentioned the pay rise. He wanted that at Hertha as well. Before he took an uh, arrangement at uh, Hertha, he almost went to VfB Stuttgart, his home club, for another role. And also there, his expectations of pay were insane. So <laughs> it's a um, common thing by young Klinsmann to maybe overestimate his value. Dreamy but well paid. <laughs> the dream,
0: right? <laughs> Yeah, that is the dream. Now, Alexander Nuri won his first game uh, in 22 attempts in the league, uh, a six-pointer at Paderborn. Do you think Hertha will be safe? And if they are uh, to survive, will they have to have another rebuild next Mm. season? Because I just get the sense that Lars Wintorst will want somebody a little bit more glamorous
2: uh, on the bench. (laughs) So it was pretty convenient that uh, Alexander Nuri uh, would... um take over for the last games of the season because he already knows the club especially for the players uh, there wasn't a whole new situation because under Jürgen Klinsmann Alexander Nuri had a lot of power yeah Alexander Nouri will will do this job until summer and then I think Hatta w- will go for the great solution so in the last Manz, actually, uh, Niko Kovac, former Bayern Munich uh, coach, is discussed as a new coach as, uh, by, uh, for Hertha. This kind of, of name you want to get for the, the club and for the future uh, investor last Windhorst once I don't think Hertha will Alex- keep Alexander Nuri as the coach for the next years. Okay, we will see how this one works out. Mark, thanks for coming on.
0: All right, before we go, we'd like to talk a little bit about the various comings and goings in Munich. I'm delighted to say we have Christian Falk on the line to do just that. For those who don't know him, Christian is a social media superstar who writes for Bild in his spare time, mainly about Bayern. Christian, what's going on with Timo Werner? This is a complicated story to report on because people at Bayern themselves don't seem to agree on what they would like to do with him. According to my information, they had a complete agreement with him in the summer – but Sporting Director Hassan Salihamitic made no attempt to sign him and annoyed the player very much. What's going on?
3: Servus, Rafa. Yeah, it's uh, Renner is really a big topic in Munich. Um, Hassan Salihamitic gave a very interesting interview in winter when he said uh, that the player doesn't fit to Bayern because of the system. And we know that the executive board was not very happy on this because um, they had really close talks last season um, to get Werner at the end they decided against him but um, Bayern Munich uh, just uh, following his way because he's uh, performing very well this season he's very close to the goals of Lewandowski and he's a German player and you know that the concept of Bayern Munich is still uh, to get the best German players for their own team so um, I think with the words of, of Barazzo, uh they closed the door because uh, we know that uh, Werner is not very, very happy about that. What he said.
0: But you seem to be saying that um, there are people at Bayern who still want him. So who's gonna, who's gonna call the shot? And how likely is Werner still to listen to Bayern after what they've done to him in the summer? You
3: know, Uli Hoeness is, um, is very close to his agent uh, first. Uh, Uli a uh, retired from president, but uh, he's still uh, the godfather of Bayern Munich, uh, as you can say this, and. Um, if German players, I already said said, uh, perform, uh, they are uh, always in focus. But uh, Bayern Munich has to to see now what they do in the transfer market because um, they're still the main target is Sané and um, they need uh, a lot of money to buy him. And um, the problem was that uh, last summer you could get Werner for 25 million euros, and now uh, because um, of the release clause, uh, he costs. 60 million euros. Well, it's a lot of money if you buy also Sany about 100 million, and perhaps you want to get Harvard's as well. So Bayern is a very rich club, but they don't have a shike. They have to see on their bank account and they have to decide uh, which players at the end they buy. So we have to see. But um, I think Lewandowski is performing very well. And they have uh, to see if they buy at least a, a new striker. That was also the problem because of Haaland. They also had an eye on him. But um, they say uh, if Lewandowski is playing, you can't get a second striker on the bench. I think it's a, a little risk because uh, also Lewandowski can get injured.
0: Very rarely. But where, where does the player stand in all this? I mean, if you're saying that Bayern will maybe make him wait to see if they can get Sané or uh, decide internally if they want to go for him this time or not. Is he going to just wait around or is he going to take up one of the many other options that surely must be available to him?
3: I think um, the players in the national team uh, tried to influence him already last summer, but now they know that um, he changed his mind because um, last season uh, he really wanted to go to Munich. Um, There were many talks in the national team. You know, he's very close to to Sule, who is the same agent, But now uh, he saw that uh, Bayern Munich doesn't want him 100%. And that's not a good sign for a striker because uh, he needs the self-confidence that the club wants him. And I think something changed in Werner. Last year he couldn't uh, think of a Premier League because um, it's far away, it's not Germany, he's young. But now I think um, he has an eye on the Premier Premier League because also of Klopp. Um, he's a German, so he knows that he can speak German with him. Klopp shows him that he likes him, that he wants him. So uh, I think now in his mind he could also uh, imagine to play in England and this is a big difference to last season.
0: Would he be a starter at Liverpool or would he expect to be one of a, a cast of four that would be rot- rotated up front? What What is the deal? Mm-hmm.
3: I think um, you know Liverpool is playing uh, very long with the same formation uh, with the three uh, great guys in the front, uh, but also Klopp knows, of course, that you can't play always uh, with the same same formation. You need a fresh uh, blood, you say, um, and you can um, change it. You don't have to always play with three the same players. You can mix it. They have to play many many games. I don't think you can promise Ivana that he always is in the starting eleven. But I think uh, that when you put one out in this game and one in the next game, you can make a uh, rotation. You do thing in Germany. So I think there are many options and he's a really, really quick player. So I think he doesn't uh, fit uh, perfectly to, to Liverpool in his, his game.
0: Okay, uh, another player I want to talk to you about is, is Thiago. His contract uh, runs out in 2021. I personally must say I'm a little bit puzzled that uh, Bayern have not made a stronger attempt to tie him down uh, briefing the press that he needs to prove himself in big games in the Champions League can't they see how good he is I, I'm a little bit worried I must say that we're looking at a Tony Cross scenario here where they only realize what a great player he is once he's gone what do you think
3: yeah the situation seem to be similar to, to Tony Cross, uh, but I think it's also a little bit similar to the situation of James you know Um, The meaning of the executive board is um, that uh, Thiago doesn't only have to perform when they're playing against Mainz, uh, he has also to perform when they're playing now against Chelsea. and They miss him in the really big matches uh, that he shows that he's a really, really big player. And he is a really big player, but um, they missed it in the really um, important games. And that's the meaning of, of the bosses of Bayern Munich so and also he had a not a really good year 2019 and uh, wondering why he's performing now so well when he's fighting for a new contract so this seems a little bit strange
0: what do you think the outcome of this will be will he leave or will he renew
3: you know um he's not really really confident in munich because he sees him on a really high level i think he's a little bit dreaming about uh, being the next uh, Messi at uh, Barcelona, perhaps, but, um, you know, when you talk about him with, with the players, and I remember when I was uh, making an interview with Rubery, he said uh, he's one of the most fantastic players he ever played with. That's only the pro- also the problem that uh, Bayern is one to Harvard's you know. Roberts is perhaps one of the biggest talents we have. Uh, many experts are uh, talking about um, the biggest uh, talent of the new century. And when you, you want to get this player, you, you need space. Uh, and this space uh, has Thiago on the field, and this space has Thiago also in the salary. You know, he's earning a lot of money. And when he signs a new contract, you have to give him a little bit more. Then he's one of the best earning players in the team. And that's why uh, they're thinking about doing something new. Or if he's performing well now, he has to be a leader Of Bayern Munich and that's why uh, they want to see him in this next two matches against Chelsea and that's not only because of Thiago they told Muller the same which is uh, I think more Bayern Munich is not possible like Muller but everybody has to wait uh, except of Neuer. Neuer can get the new contract now if he wants but everybody uh, which who is not Neuer has to wait and the signings are after Chelsea.
0: Well, personally, I would like to see Thiago and Havertz in the same team. I think they could they could play together. But what about Leroy Sané? Where does he stand in all of this? Um, it seems to me, as after the, I said it again. <clears throat> it seems to me, with Oliver Kahn coming in uh, and his strong emphasis on mentality, on on a Bayern Munich identity, perhaps the club is no longer as sold on him as they were. Six months ago, where do you sense they stand?
3: Mm, I think um, Sané uh, has already um, said to the executive board that he still want to come. He made a lot of pressure on the club because he wanted to come in winter. That was uh, because he want to play the European Championship in summer. Um, Bayern Munich was not very happy about this (laughs) because uh, he's still injured. They have to pay more money for the fee. They have to pay his salary when he's injured. So they waited. Uh, it's always a little bit dangerous to wait. But I think Bayern Munich is uh, still uh, on the meaning that they have to buy him. Uh, they want to have him. as he They said to him that they want to have him. Uh, I think it's still a problem that he changes agents. They have to start new. And, you know, uh, they have to, <laughs> to make a new poker uh, also. With money, And that's why I think now are the rumors of, oh, Bayern Munich doesn't like Sunny so much, perhaps they think about a new player. The same they're doing now with Harvards, uh, where they are also telling uh, off-record that Real Madrid is not so interested, uh, that uh, Liverpool is not so interested. I think it's all a question of money, but at the end, uh, if they can get Sonny, uh, they will do it.
0: So we shouldn't read too much into these reports that um, perhaps they expect him to make a public statement or some sort of commitment before they really push again with Manchester City? I think it's
3: uh, really difficult to, to, to say anything uh, official. Uh, I think uh, he talked to the executive board already and that's not uh, ages ago. I think it's still fresh and um, they know that he wants to come. Uh, they showed him what he can be in, in Bayern Munich. Yeah, he's a German player. They can make him uh, to the superstar of Bundesliga. That's what they told him. Uh, he has everything uh, he needs. He is looking good. He has a lot of uh, speed in his game, and uh, I think they can do a lot of. Uh, they can get a, one of the faces of Bayern Munich. You know, they don't have Ribery anymore. They don't have Rob anymore. Um, he's a player where the people is, are going to the stadium for and that's why they want him and uh, they said everything to him that uh, he's getting a really bigger Bayern Munich and I think that's that's a big difference uh, in other clubs Sane will be one of many players in Bayern Munich he would be
0: the player ok before I let you go how many of the three following names will we see at Bayern next season Hansi Flick Kai Harvard, Leroy Sané.
3: I think we see Hansi Flick. We see Sunny, And I think Harbert's is getting really difficult. Uh, so I say uh, perhaps.
0: Two out of three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Christian. <laughs>
3: I thank you, Rafa. It was a
0: pleasure. Okay, that's all we got time for. Remember, if you want to read about Dennis Zacharia, for example, gladbach midfielder, or other Bundesliga-related content, check out The Athletic, where you can get a 40% discount off the subscription if you use the code GermanPod. That's theathletic.co.uk forward slash GermanPod.